summer is definitely oh crap i have to pause for a second and let people in the house Ooh, we're gonna have ah. guests oh everyone oh put them on if they're not wearing covid masks i am going to scream in this microphone chelsea don't forget we can hear you hey oh don't worry uh sorry i'm, I'm recording my podcast my podcast my- <laughs> wow the truth they're is like, out they're like recording in the but they were talking to me in my headphones today, so that's why I was like wow. muttering. Wow! Welcome back to Chelsea's podcast. I guess here we it go. It was my idea. Duh. What was I gonna? What was I gonna say? Be like, oh, I'm recording. Ryan and Dylan The Ryan and Dylan show. Yes. Welcome to our <laughs> OnlyFans. California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC box set rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Coens the podcast, Keeping Up with the Coens. Episode number, it's either nine or ten, depending on if you count our bonus episode as an episode. (laughs) Um, This is the season one finale. We have somehow powered through an entire season of the OC over the course of the last like two or two months. And uh, I'm as shocked as anyone that we actually made it this far. My name is Ryan Drake. I'm coming to you from lovely, beautiful Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I'm joined, as always, by the two best co-hosts I could have asked for. Let me start with uh, let me start with Dylan Irwin, also in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. How are you? How are you doing, Dylan? How's your how's PS5 great. life? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, everyone, it was my birthday in the timeline of the podcast uh, recording last week or the week before christmas and on the day of my birthday i somehow happened to locate a ps5 it's come in mm. i've been playing nothing but spider-man i've been playing nothing but final fantasy 7 remake uh sephiroth's hair looks amazing in that um but no matter how much fun i'm having on my ps5 i don't think i could possibly having as much fun as your other co-host is having chelsea where are chelsea you? trinidad coming to you can say it actually chelsea how are you doing where are you coming to us from I'm good. I'm coming at you from Cabo. It's fantastic. Wow. I gave That's I gave awesome. Ryan and Dylan like a virtual tour through Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm dressed up. I'm actually wearing makeup and a skirt. It's like a really big deal. She's right really she really is dressed up. You look great. Your house looks great. I'm glad that you uh. are dedicated enough to come to us and deliver this sweet, sweet OC content from Mexico. Just please tell us that you're not buying Chekhov's opioids and you're going to be, and you're going to, you're going to come back and you're not going to have to be meta lifted out like Marissa did. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say that they were Chekhov's, but no comment on whether I purchased opioids or not while here. (laughs) (laughs) And we're off. So today, on this is why I like vibe so well with this show. Is I mean, I feel like I am the future. Is it the show, Julie? Is it the show, or is it Marissa that you you vibe with? No, I I do not vibe with Marissa at all. But like, you know, Julie and Kirsten, like maybe not one of them two, maybe not Taryn because the weird swinger stuff. But I do feel like I I could get along with their lady squad pretty well. I could be a good noobsy. I totally thought you were referring to why you vibe so well with this show we're recording. And I was like, oh, look, another person that has to be on drugs to enjoy spending time with me. And I was totally <laughs> fine with it. Oh, my gosh. Well, whatever well, is this it a takes. Shout out, is this a shout out to Leslie? What, I don't know what that... Okay. Oh, um, no, no. Les, Leslie's the only person who doesn't have to. That's why I'm so glad. The, finding Leslie and finding a PS5, the likelihood <laughs> that I would find both of those things in my lifetime were so low. And so thank you for... 
thank you to Japan and to John and Candy Guile for making that happen for me. Wow. So just so you listeners know, we're going to take a little bit of a break before we start season two, but we're definitely going to pipe in a few bonus episodes because um, there's a lot of things that we need to talk about. Um, number one being mm. Leslie and Dylan's meet cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. A lot, about a that. lot of it's people pretty... are talking. A lot of chatter about this. My ears <laughs> yeah, to the streets. Every, a lot of people everyone's very It's all over confused. our subreddit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, check out our subreddit at subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash nice guys. You'll find us there. Um, <laughs> there are theories. You'll definitely find Dylan there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Chelsea brings up a good point. Um, this is the season one finale of the OC and of Keeping Up with the Coens. We will be back for season two uh, sometime in the early spring, I would say, like February, March. Um, yeah, that sounds like about that. right. We don't know when yet, but we'll, we'll we'll keep you in the loop. Don't unfollow us on Instagram. We are coming back. I know a lot of podcasts are like, "Well, we're going to come back," and they never come back. But we are coming back. I promise. Oh, we're coming we're back. Just and, going and to buy cigarettes. Some, we're having some fire content on Instagram whenever we're gone. So don't worry. The Instagram is just going to get better and better and better. I might even make some TikToks. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, you've been teasing that all season. I know. I like. I have to make TikToks for my spokesperson job, and it's just, I feel like sometimes it takes all my good ideas away. Well, Josh Schwartz, if he's taught us anything this season, it's that you don't have to have good content to be successful. So just <laughs> do what you got to do. Yeah, that's do. another thing I want to say is getting into these last couple episodes, but um, we've discussed the idea of maybe kind of playing with the format of this, I just, but I did just want to say that like the show exists because I have friends that are like struggling to keep up with the OC and this podcast on a weekly basis. They're like, oh. you, I, they're like, they're like, I'm trying to watch four episodes and listen to your 12 hour podcast about it. And I'm like, the show exists <laughs> so it can be listened to at your own leisure. Listen to mm-hmm. 30 minutes, listen to two hours. I'm just saying it's there. It's going to be there forever. So if you need to just chill, just chill, you know, take some yeah. time. Um, it's there forever. It's not going anywhere. And we were not going anywhere. We'll be back for season two. We are going somewhere, but we'll be back for season two. Um, mm. Yes. Yeah, so the last three episodes of, of season one of the OC is what we're doing. what we're dealing with today. I really was surprised at these episodes. One, I don't remember two of them at all like i literally don't remember the first two mm. episodes that we're covering especially yeah, the vegas one i don't think i've watched the vegas episode maybe since the dvd box that first came out i think my okay. entire life up to this point i've always remembered the vegas episode as the spring break episode of the next season oh yeah well huh. there's such yeah. similar storylines honestly like both basically the, the exact same storyline but I don't. But I don't love that spring break episode. So I always skip the Vegas episode, thinking it's the spring break episode. So I haven't seen that Vegas episode that we're going to cover in so long, and so that was a real kick to the dick. Um, but also, just the themes of these episodes are just bizarre and weird and dark. Not, it's not not good take, especially it escalates. From Seth. Yeah, it escalates. Not really good takes in these episodes. Mm-mm. I uh, I don't remember any of these. Actually, I remember the end of Vegas and the end of the finale. And that's about it. So my, most of my notes are what, what Seth is terrible. What Chilean sea bass, but we'll get into what. Oh my God. That was the funniest line. Okay. So I am a very, I come from a very Vegas family. Um, I've visited Vegas probably between 50 and 60 times in my life. Chelsea, Papa Giorgio. 
Yeah, that that sounds insane. But like, um, this, so this episode is probably my second favorite of the entire series after the New Year's Eve one. So I, uh, yeah, you know, duped it out with everyone. I was like, I'm that is the episode I'm covering, guys. So. No, I really like the Vegas was, episode. Yeah. Now that I've seen it and realized mm-hmm. that's the Vegas episode, I was like, oh shit, this was actually really good. The Spring Break one's the one I don't like, but um, well, that's a piece of shit in both episodes. So that's, it's yeah, easy that's to the get other thing. Is like I don't understand, and we'll get into all this yeah. as we go through the episodes. I don't understand the Seth Summer thing. I don't understand the Teresa thing there's this this show got to a point where i just go i don't fucking get it i don't know what's happening i don't know why these things are happening it doesn't make sense to me but let's, i'm let's so just frustrated by everyone Ugh, but yeah let's Truly. go ahead and get started um with the shower episode number uh. 25 the shower sandy cohen is on screen for 12 minutes and 28 seconds dylan tell me more about this episode this episode originally aired on April 21st, 2004 to 10.13 million viewers. It was written by someone I don't recognize, J.J. Philbin. Don't know that person, and I think we know why we don't hear no from that No relation person. to Regis. Uh-oh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is still reacting to the surprise engagement of Julie and Caleb. Kirsten is shocked and a little burdened to find she's been asked to be Julie's maid of honor. Kirsten and Marissa end up in charge of throwing Julie's wedding shower, and Marissa invites an unwanted guest... Julie's estranged sister who does not approve of her upcoming wedding whom she suspects it's purely for money. Meanwhile, Teresa calls Sandy for help when she runs away from Chino and tries to avoid Ryan. (laughs) Jimmy and Haley continue their romance and Seth awkwardly meets Summer's father. Oof. But Seth's lack of social skills make Dr. Roberts immediately disapprove of him and we're on board with dr roberts let's get into it i have this quickly broken down into three separate plot lines we'll start with uh ryan marissa and Teresa. um Teresa calls sandy she calls him and i didn't think i don't think i ever realized this in any rewatches but like marissa calls sandy and in the first scene you see her she's like i need to talk to you i don't want to I just keep this a, a secret from ryan but i need to talk to you specifically and i she very faintly, I believe, in that first scene has a black eye, and I don't think I ever noticed it until this watch. Um, maybe I'm just uh, not observant. But she has a black eye, and Sandy goes and meets up with her. Uh-oh. And uh, uh-oh, everyone, indeed. This is when it gets like, <laughs> this is when it gets sad. She has, a, she has a, I mean, the black eye is much more noticeable when Sandy meets up with her. He points it out. Um, and it was Eddie. And like I said, I don't remember these episodes very well. So in last week's Keeping Up with the Coens, when I was like, Eddie's a great guy. I love Eddie. Immediately retracted. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel so bad about all the Eddie love that we gave to Eddie. He's clear. I know. And then, I know. We were like, he was kind of, you know, he redeemed himself. He was kind of uh, adorable. He was like, oh, like he, he had some moments last week. And now, uh-oh. Also for a storyline that centers around Eddie so much, he doesn't appear in any of these episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> So she has a black eye. Eddie has has hit her at least at this at this point we know he's hit her at least once. She's still on she's unsure if she wants to be with him, but she's also, I guess, consulting with Sandy in case she wants to press charges, which I'm confused by. Like either you do or you don't, right? Yeah, I and also I, I'm not sure what she was going after by like I guess by not calling the police, she was guaranteeing charges wouldn't be filed, but she was I guess just going to Sandy to see if it would be worth it, like what the repercussions are. Sure. And I mean it's it's really sad because in some of those domestic violence cases that get prosecuted, a lot of times you'll have someone file charges for horrible things going on and then the time would come for a trial or something like that or a hearing and they wouldn't show up. And so it's 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 a really really intense topic because it's something that obviously is still going on today and I you know 
I think that Sandy offered her, you know, pretty good advice uh, for what it's worth. But the one thing that I cannot abide by, and it happens twice in this episode, and I guess it's more of a question. If you're getting married to someone, doesn't that person become your fiance? Yes. Yeah. Because both Teresa and Julie refer to their fiancés as their boyfriends during this episode. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Um, So the the Teresa thing kind of plays out in a way where Ryan finds out about this, and we'll talk more about Ryan and Marissa in a minute, but Ryan finds out about the Teresa thing in the most inopportune, weird way. There's a couple of times this happens in in these scenes, specifically with Marissa and Teresa. But like Ryan and Marissa are at the cake store where I guess Teresa has taken gigs. Again, again, I'm like, okay, I guess we're just supposed to believe this. Um, we complain about too much exposition at the beginning of the season. Now I'm complaining there's like not enough exposition, I guess. But yeah. they're at the cake store and they're like playfully fighting and like throwing cake in each other's face. And like, of course, Teresa happens to walk in in that moment because they happen to be at the cake store that she's working at. And uh, oh, Ryan sees yeah. Ryan sees that she's got a black eye and immediately loses his mind. It's all that sugar. Steve has a savior complex and he's on a sugar high. Not a great combination. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this is what was weird to me is because she's immediately like, oh, I told Sandy not to tell you. And it's like, did, did you think that Ryan and Marissa came to your bakery and were like flirting with each other and having fun? Like, <laughs> That's a good point. Just to flaunt like, it in front to, of you? Just to like be little assholes? Like, come oh on, girl. Gosh. Like, that was a weird thing. De- yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, Ryan is Ryan gets mad at Sandy because Sandy didn't tell him. They actually have a really good scene in the pool house that ends with Sandy. I mean, Sandy is like putting his foot down. Is like, I didn't tell you for a good reason. By the way, Sandy's right. He's kind of the adult and the lawyer in the situation. She's she is like, she has uh, the privilege to that privacy, right? Like, yeah. There's attorney. I mean, he was she was meeting with him and talking to him in confidence, as evidenced by the fact she said, "Don't tell Ryan," right. and they met separately. Right. And so, if Sandy would have told him, he could have potentially lost his license to practice law. So, I don't blame Sandy for not, you know, spilling the beans on something that doesn't concern Ryan. I love that scene with Sandy and Ryan in the pool house, though. That ends with Sandy really kind of getting stirred and just saying, "Like, do we understand each other?" And I was like, "Oh, love, love oh, Sandy." I, re- I literally I wrote, "Sandy is Sandy. wonderful" on my note when he said that. Um, Teresa comes over to the. Co- Owen's house after that again i don't know why sandy just goes oh Teresa's coming over and then she shows up i don't know why she's there um but she shows up ryan sneaks up on her from behind don't you don't do that to someone who's being abused that's like yeah. not a good thing to do <laughs> yeah. um ryan sneaks up on her she makes a joke and then immediately oh. has a sad statement where she's like i'll take some self-defense classes or he said how can you laugh about the situation and she goes because i'm tired of crying and i was like oh god that's brutal wow um Kirsten invites her to the shower that she's planning with Marissa. We'll get to that in a minute. Marissa comes over and like, this is the, the, the coolest people on this whole disc, in my opinion, up until mm-hmm. the very end are Kirsten and Marissa. Like Marissa's being cool as fuck this whole disc. And like, she's been yeah. cool. Oh I called it out gosh, last week. Yeah. Marissa's doing the thing that Ryan could not do for her with, get with people like Oliver and like later as we'll see, like Trey, well, I mean, Oliver kind of, it was, he was right but at the same time marissa's being very inviting and like being friendly and like trust ryan to like be alone with Teresa yeah. and all these things that ryan couldn't do it's well and it's i also drew a parallel between that and kind of like anna in summer because marissa was like oh yeah i want she's a part of your life and i want to hang out with you and i don't have any like ulterior motives behind it like i just want to 
be peaceful and I want to, she's important to you. So I'm going to be kind to her. So I thought that was kind of cool. And Marissa was also kind of that way when Ryan and Teresa had that like, two, like a week period where they were dating and like Marissa was being very cool with like being yeah. a friend when Ryan and Teresa were together. So just shout out to Marissa being cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this of course ends with them at the shower. They are kind of break off. It's a, their little, their little threesome breaks off and Eddie calls Teresa and Ryan goes from making a joke about something unrelated to he just goes zero to a hundred real quick. He grabs her phone. That's I, I wrote Ryan goes zero to a hundred. He's got a crazy savior complex. He finds out that this has happened before. It's not the first time that Eddie has hit Teresa. But also, again, in this scene, Ryan is like getting aggro and like I it looks like he's about to hit Teresa, to be honest. Like he was like up in her shit. And I was yeah. like, dude, you need to chill out. Um he steals Marissa's car. I don't know why. I, again, the car situation is baffling. The cell phone situation is baffling. Steals Marissa's car, tries to go. At, we were led to believe he's going to go beat the shit out of Eddie. Sandy tries to stop him. He basically tells Sandy to fuck off and like drives off. Mm. Um, Seth even tried to stop him at one point and like he like grabs him by the arm and Ryan looks at him with this dead look in his eye and goes, let go of me right now. And I was like, oh, that made God. me so happy though. Seeing yeah. him say that to Seth. Yeah. Seth was already down and out. And I was like, yeah, pile on. I don't care. Just mm-hmm. get him. Ryan, uh, goes to visit Teresa instead of going to beat the shit out of Eddie. I guess Teresa left the, I guess Teresa left the shower and is now back at her hotel. Ryan drove as far as Corona, according to him to go, say, maybe go to visit his old buddy, Donnie. Um, <laughs> Good shout out. Good callback. Turns back around, I guess, and heads back to Newport, gets to Teresa's hotel as she's packing her shit. Everything is just perfectly timed. And he just kind of talks her into hanging out for a little bit and says, you can stay with the Coens. We're going to figure this out, which is the right move. It just took him a Mm -hmm. long ways to get there to drive to Corona and back, obviously. Um, And with the Ryan thing wraps up with Teresa comes over. She's setting up shop in the pool house. He's going to live with Seth. Ryan goes to apologize to Seth. To be like, I'm sorry that I bailed on the shower. And Seth is just being a dick. Seth's being an asshole to him. It makes me so mad. And Seth has his own drama going on with Summer. We'll get to in a second. But like, Seth does a thing that I hate so bad. Where he's listening to where he's like telling Ryan, like, basically, I want to talk to you. Like, you need to talk to Marissa about this, not me. But then Seth does this thing that I hate where he goes, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, things with me and Summer aren't very good. And I was like, how? Yeah, that's. I hate that shit. Like, who's like, oh, yeah, now I feel better. Great. Thanks for saying that. I'm glad that you're miserable. That makes my misery seem not as bad. Misery less company, Dylan. I don't know if you knew this. So Teresa's moving in to the pool house, at least for a little while. Again, I guess. <laughs> Again, I'm like, I don't know where she's moving in from. The hotel, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Marissa comes over. She has an adult chat with Ryan. She actually chats with Kirsten first. Uh, my two favorite people on this disc, Kirsten and Marissa. Kirsten reminds her that Ryan loves her and just to like, you know, things happen. So you need to we it would be better just let it pass than try and get involved basically and uh mm-hmm. it ends with ryan and marissa spooning on the by the pool on like one of those pool lounge chairs <laughs> and it's very romantic it's in marissa's house she's very familiar with his territory she's she's comfortable you can approach her because you're in her territory That's exactly right um he basically apologizes to her and she immediately accepts which again she's being cool as fuck but she but he I have, says okay, like, i have a theory Okay. I think I know why she's being so chill. And maybe this is just me looking for the worst in Marissa, which has not let me down yet. But I wonder <laughs> if she's being so chill about a, it. It was just a couple be- episodes where we were like, she ruins everything. Yeah I, yeah. I feel like she might be being super chill about everything because she no longer sees Teresa as a threat. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's no longer totally. competing so with her. Like, it's like, she's engaged. Like, you know. Yeah, she, she's engaged. She's, she, I mean, it's terrible, but she's getting beat up and all this stuff. But, you know, it's fine. Ryan's not going to go for that. There's nothing that could happen that could make Ryan go for that, right? So I kind of <laughs> almost think that that might be one of the reasons why she's being so chill. That's actually good. I didn't think about it that way. I was, th- I thought about kind of what I said last week. Like, there's the cast. <laughs> that she was just, you just thought that she was being a good person. Well, baby. no, I, I, thought, I like, did. It's what I said that I, the cast. Yeah. First of all, she's sober now, which I think helps a lot until the very end of the last episode. So she's not on drugs or alcohol oh, wow. for now. Oh, that was yeah, that was quite the, the jump um, off of that. But like, also, like I said last week, that like the cast kind of, except for Sandy, who's always good, this cast rotates through like who's being good and who's being bad, essentially. And I feel like mm-hmm. Marissa's turn. It's been Marissa's turn at bad to be good for the last like six episodes, and so she's like yeah. a good person because she gets worse again. Don't worry, she gets bad oh, again, so <laughs> and so bad. does Kirsten. So, um. I'm just saying that like she's she's being chill and good in these episodes and I'm for it. Um they're spooning on the they're spooning by the pool and the song that's playing is by uh it's by South. It's another song by South. It's called Nine Lives. Um I listened to it actually after I watched this episode because I only do Paint the Silence. Uh Nine Lives, pretty good song. Also, South not on Spotify. Paint the Silence so is on Spotify because it was on an OC mix, but every so other just, but everything else from South not on Spotify. So just to make this abundantly clear to the listeners, um, you thought that we were joking about this theory, but it was confirmed in this episode that we have a very emotional scene involving Marissa, and there is a song playing called Nine Lives. What else has nine lives? Cats. Marissa is a cat, confirmed by South. There you go. Yeah. I would have let her into my house during a stormy winter night in my college days. Just we saying. Have proven the theories. Email us the fan fictions about Chelsea letting Marissa Cooper into her house in the snow. So there's a lot of stuff happening with, uh, as Chelsea would say, in adult world. Um, So the wedding, we know the wedding is in two weeks. Uh, Julie and Caleb are getting married in two weeks. Uh, Caleb has bought the restaurant from Tate and Sandy. He's paying them way too much, apparently. Again, I'm kind of confused by the storyline. He's just paying them because he wants to, as we'll find out in later episodes, he wants to flip that property the property's worthless, but he can sell it for, to one particular person that will pay like a billion dollars for it. We'll get into that when we get to Vegas, I guess. Um, but he's paying a lot of money uh, to Sandy and Tate. So, so Tate, my one of my favorite lines in this episode was like, Tate's getting like millions of dollars now. Like he's suddenly, he's like out of debt. He's got millions of dollars. And he says, finally, I can breathe again. And I was like, this is not breathe again money. This is like life-changing money, right? Yeah. Well, okay, there is a question because I think that they mentioned like 2.5 million, but I assumed that was Split. because he said, I'm talking millions. So I was thinking maybe they got paid $5 million for it and then it's. Well, the check the check had both their names on it. I did see that. Okay. So it was it yeah. for 5 million or was it for 2.5? I think it was 2.5, but I think they each are taking home about 1.2 million. But still, okay. that's not breathing in money. That's like life changing money. Yeah, cause yeah Tate, that's like, yeah, that's like go fuck off and do whatever you want for a while, money. Like, does Tate have to pay restitution though? That's the entire thing that was. I can't remember what happened with. That okay, resolution. what happened was no, what happened was Caleb bought their house. Um. Okay. So that that paid for the restitution, but it, so a plot hole was him and Julie broke up. So Julie was still yeah. living in a house that Caleb owned. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. A lot happens on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, that happens against, that happens against season four. So maybe Julie is just really good at like squatting places. <laughs> just like her daughter. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, just like her sister, who we found out squats places as well. We'll get to that. Oh, my God. Her sister is the freaking queen of the jellicle ball. I oh cannot wait to gosh. talk about her. I yeah, love Cindy. Yeah, outfit of the episode. Cindy was a ray of sunshine that we needed. We are first introduced to her. She is. She has this, like, very unnatural shade of, like, magenta hair. It's in little pigtails. Her lips are, like, the exact same color. And she's wearing, like, a very tight graphic tee that says Libra in like big sparkly letters. Like it reminds me of something that you would have gotten out of an alloy or a Delia's catalog back in like middle school. I love aunt Cindy. She, she, we yeah. meet her when she comes over to Kirsten's house and like, she's like smoking inside. Uh, Marissa had invited aunt Cindy as kind of a, a wrecking ball to fuck with, to fuck with Julie, which is actually a good move, but like not of all the bite, bad bite. things Marissa has done. Like this is like a fun, bad thing, not like a shitty, bad thing. So again, yeah, Marissa, totally. still good. Still good. Marissa. Um, so we're introduced Chaotic to Aunt, we're introduced to Aunt Cindy, who's just like Chelsea said, a ray of sunshine. She is a drunk, chain smoking. She's got big Ryan. She's got big Don Atwood vibes. Um, oh yeah. So I just I love her. Um, she kind of she she doesn't ruin the shower as much as she makes it more fun. She plays mm-hmm. the like she she says she I'm gonna be Chuck Woolery and play like a game. She like just yells questions out in the middle of a crowd and expects the crowd to like respond, which never works if you've ever done improv. But it works in the no, context like of the No, it's like silent. Yeah. Oh. And she she asks really weird specific questions like, "What is what is Julie's favorite meal?" And honestly, I think if someone asked my husband that, who I've lived with for eight years now, what's Chelsea's favorite meal? I don't think he'd be able to answer. Well, we learned from Aunt Cindy that Julie's favorite meal is a double double cheeseburger, heavy on special sauce. We also learned but her, that. Her, yeah. Her friend thinks it's Chilean sea bass with roasted baby carrots. Like that is so specific. Who is that woman, by the way? I don't know. Never, she's she she shows up. She's like the crab and brie free low guy, except he's actually important. She just shows up to Chilean sea bass with roasted baby carrots, and then she just disappears back into the OC ether with Donnie. Well, and she Dustin. talks about yoga lattes with Summer for a minute. Yeah. yeah, again, I don't know who the fuck she is. Yeah, yoga lattes. Like, why didn't they use Taryn? That would have been a great little carry a cameo for Taryn. We also find out that Julie fucked the entire defensive line of the eighth grade football team, apparently. I don't in, know. Yeah, in eighth grade. Yeah, Respect. Eighth grade. Respect. Big, big <laughs> that, hair and that, tight that jeans. That resolves itself. I mean, that literally, that storyline literally resolves itself. Caleb likes Cindy. Cindy and uh, Julie reconcile, and have, she's invited to the wedding now. So, congratulations. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. So, it was just a little one episode funny. Yeah, theory, I have a theory, and it's really important. Okay. So, Julie and Cindy are having this really heartfelt conversation downstairs, right? And they're talking, they're talking. And then Caleb, seemingly from nowhere, comes down the stairs and he responds, He was 100% taking a dump upstairs. That's what if he was? Yes. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just going to say, 100%, it is canon now. Caleb Nickel was taking a dump at his couple shower, and then he was coming back downstairs at the perfect time, and then he's going to go outside and party. I don't understand, I what, the cri- I don't understand what the criticism is. <laughs> there is no criticism. Okay. I think it's I think it's great that he okay. feels like he can do that. Well, okay. Story about that. Um, <laughs> I got married in Cabo a few I years think meant, like, ago. Today. I was it's like, wow, very... congratulations. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Um, very, very hot. And actually 120 people came down to watch me get married, which like that is a lot yeah. for a destination wedding That's in a, a foreign Ryan country. So it was it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So like, I mean, I, I felt like such a baller. But um, my everyone is so hot because they are in suits outside in August in Mexico. And my wedding had to start like 15 or 20 minutes late because a um, 
important person in my wedding that required being walked down the aisle, not to give away too much, got some Montezuma's revenge. That's uh, that seems like a real wedding ruiner, but I'm glad you guys have worked out, worked it out. <laughs> yeah, it totally. Everyone was sweaty. Everyone was all. I literally DJ'd a fine. wedding a couple of months ago. The only wedding I DJ'd during the pandemic was had to be out. Obviously, had to be outdoors. It was in August, and it was like mid-August, 110 degrees, middle of the day. I'm wearing a suit. I threw up at one point, moving all this equipment back and forth. I threw up it was so hot really that's what i miss most about pre-covid throwing up and taking dumps at weddings i know (laughs) um okay the only other things we really need to get to in this episode is that uh Haley and tate are hooking up and yeah they are they're keeping it a secret they're keeping it a secret until it's not a secret until kirsten and julie find them and kirsten's kind of mad about it but then kind of cool about it it was just kind of a weird vibe but i just want to say as an adult and i hate to be like typical man douchebag guy as an adult watching back on the OC now, Haley is so hot. Like, I'm very she is into Haley. gorgeous. I know. I'm like, even when I was in high school, whenever she came on screen, I was like, she is easily, easily the most gorgeous person on that TV show. Like, she's flawless looking. She's also the only one who's, like, age appropriate. <laughs> so the final thing we need to touch on is Seth and Summer and Seth meeting Summer's dad. Oh, my dad. gosh. Um he meets her dad for the first time and it's so awkward. My, I couldn't even take, it was so awkward. I could barely take notes. Um, my notes were like, Seth sucks. Poor summer. Why is she with him? This is like an, this is like a comic book minute. <laughs> and then I just wrote Iceman freezes things. Vim or vigor. It was awkward. And weird. His, Do you guys have any thoughts? All on I'm going to say is, you know, it's funny you said comic book minute because that actually the fact that that was so awkward actually saved you all from me doing a comic book minute. The only Thank the you. only comic book note I was able to get out was Brian Bendis is not a good writer, Seth, which is probably the reason why um, Summer's dad didn't like him. But I think that the most devastating line in that entire lunch sequence is whenever you know, he says, I have interest. I'm into comic books. And the dad, you know, Summer's dad goes, comic books? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, that must be fun for you. Mm-hmm. That is... That's how I feel about that you. Is so, <laughs> Ice cold. That is so... Iceman over here. That is soul crushing. <laughs> Iceman freezes things. I learned that today. He can... uh, no, that's... I, I always think that about you. I'm like, oh, that's good for Dylan. You know, it's... Everyone needs a hobby. And mine is making sure. your life so annoying <laughs> that you just... <laughs> And knowing that you're contractually obligated to do this with me for three more seasons makes me so happy. That's right. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, and to Dylan's credit, um, a lot of our mutual friends from college have been messaging us over the last few days. And everyone's like, I really appreciate Dylan's geek stuff. Yes! They're like, he's like an unproblematic Seth Cohen. Yes! So kudos I got to a that. text that says, comic book minute is one of my favorite sequences. The people have spoken! <laughs> well that's it we'll see you guys next week bye hey um, no it's good because everyone's like ryan is clearly the professional host the professional mm-hmm. stand-up guy that's right chelsea's the pod mom you know chelsea's or- chelsea chelsea needs a minute all the time just to like drink some wine take some xanax yeah you know do do my thing to get in character works if, really if we well the, yeah. so this this uh this awkward encounter between seth seth and summer's dad uh has led to what it's like we're on the road towards breakup is what it feels mm-hmm. like like we don't know what's going on with him but like the scene they have at the shower where seth comes and sits down with summer it was it drove me crazy yeah. like she's being visibly upset and sad about this and he's like just glossing over it like he mm-hmm. seems totally unfazed by it. he's not taking it seriously and then 
when he decides to take it seriously, he just fucking talks down to her. He's like, sorry, your dad doesn't think I'm good enough for you. And it's like, Seth, shut the yeah, fuck up. Is, like, oh my God. I wanted to punch him in the not face. reading the room. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but like, that's not a really good play to insult your girlfriend's family if you plan on staying in that relationship. And like, he didn't read the room at all. So much so that like, the most awkward line in this episode, in an episode full of awkward lines, is when Seth describes Summer's positive relationship with his father as the un- most unsexy love triangle I've been involved in or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's 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 okay to make sure your parents like the guy you're dating. That's completely normal. And I actually think that's kind of something you want to check into maybe. But it, I just... Well, well we, we, it, it yeah. comes up again in the next episode where... where uh, Marissa and uh, Haley have that conversation with Summer, but maybe it's oh, kind of yeah. cool to have your parents not like who you're dating. But in the grand scheme of things, as adults, we I agree. With I'm, you. I'm looking at this. Well, and girl. think back because we we talked a few weeks ago about how um, Summer is definitely the most emotionally mature out of the crew. And honestly, I kind of think that this reaction to their meeting is evidence of that. It is important. Like she has a very healthy relationship with her dad. It's kind of just been her dad for a while since her mom left a long time ago. And Seth was acting like a freak. Um, I have a good relationship with my dad. I had a relationship with my dad. And whenever he didn't like guys, I mean, I took it to heart. I was like, oh, there must be something, you know, there must be something wrong with them. So, you know, getting my parents approved, maybe that made me lame. I don't know. But, like, it was really important to me. Again, that's something that we can look at now as adults and and agree with mm-hmm. you with and agree with you. But, like, as kids or as teenagers, I feel like that's a very different situation. And I yeah. probably wouldn't have cared what my parents thought of the people I was dating. Thankfully, they liked yeah. them all. But, yeah. Well, the other thing that's odd to me is that Seth even makes a joke about this. Seth was like, I have a very non-sexual vibe about me. So parents just like me. You got that right. And like, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, of all the guys that you could be, it's not like she took bowl check to the table. Oh. Like if I was a dad and I met the Seth guy, I'd be like, okay, he's kind of a quirky, neurotic person. But like, I don't have to worry about them getting in trouble. So... I don't, pod mom over here just throwing my two cents out. What we're out. trying to say, teens, to listen to this podcast is listen to your parents. Their opinion matters. Listen to us and Stay your parents. Stay in school. Yeah. Th- we're your parents. Unless, unless you have just like terrible toxic parents, <laughs> like most of the time they really do have your best interests at heart and you should listen to it. We're a toxic mom like our pod mom, but yes, most people don't have that. I mean this fall, yeah. toxic okay. mom. I would watch the fuck out of that. It's like Milf Island followed by Toxic Mom. I'm here for it. All right. Let's get into uh, episode number 26. It's called The Strip. Dylan, what do you know about The Strip? The Strip aired originally on April 28th, 2004 to 10.52 million viewers. And it was written by our comfort food of a writer, Alan Heinberg. Chelsea, tell us what we need to know. Sandy Cohen is on screen for nine minutes and 44 seconds. Chelsea, tell us what we need to know. Okay. I, I fought tooth and nail to get to cover the strip because like I said, I come from a Vegas family. Um, back in the nineties when they were trying to rebrand Vegas, it's kind of a family friendly place. Um, my parents were really into it. We went several times a year, you know, I saw the little talking statues at Caesars and went to the Eminem thing. And I think we even went to circus circus before like the, um, juggalo gang took it over. 
as I grew all, older. I all news to me, by the way. I went to Vegas last year. did not see any Juggalos. They've been defeated. Uh, well, you, you didn't go to Circus Circus. That's why. But the episode kind of starts with, um, I guess, to rehab, uh, Teresa's in town. And they're still kind of figuring out, like, hey, girl, like, what's but Teresa's what's always in town, though. That's the thing I don't understand. Is like, Teresa's is always in town now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I guess it's just her permanent residence. So sure. um, she's staying in the pool house. And Seth and Ryan are um, bunking up in Seth's room. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of talking to each other before they go to sleep. And they're like, what's Teresa's plan? Is she going to, like, how long is she going to stay here? So in the middle of the night, they go down to talk to her. And she tells them that her plan is to move to Atlanta and kind of restart her life with some family. But of course she has no money. Mm -hmm. So they get this idea when they find out they're going to Vegas that Ryan counted cards and is really good at poker. So (laughs) Seth is giving all of his bar mitzvah money. Marissa is getting all the money that she has left over and some are throwing in some money. And basically their idiot high school plan is that Ryan is going to gamble on this money and use his card counting skills and somehow double it so that Teresa can go to um, Atlanta and start a new life. Did I miss the part where Ryan was a card counter? Did they mention this? They mentioned, yeah, they mentioned okay. it a couple of times throughout the episode. He's like Rain and he's, okay. Yeah, he's kind of like, oh, well, it's weird because he card counts, but he, like, I, I didn't know if that was a thing for poker. I know it is for Blackjack. That's a great I don't, point. I don't know all the details about that. Like, I, did they get him confused? I'm not totally sure. <laughs> um, but anyways, Caleb kind of, so the start of this episode is really exciting because that they weren't able to get a liquor license for the, the adults. Uh, but guess what? Caleb is swooping in. And he's paying them twice as much money as they invested in the property. Uh, they're, they're at a meeting and uh, Julie's kind of like, hey, Caleb, you know, you're not really involved in this wedding and it's next week. What's going on? You've been working all the time. And Kirsten's like, well, that's weird, because every time I try to work, you tell me you're busy wedding planning. And we find out that he actually has arranged a business meeting in Vegas for one night. And Julie goes, huh, that sounds a lot like a bachelor party. So it kind of gets to the point where like, okay, you can go on your bachelor party. But if you do, you're bringing Seth, Ryan and Jimmy and Sandy. And can we stop and talk about what a weird bachelor party that would be if you had to bring your wife's ex-husband? Your son-in-law, your wife's current and husband, and your yes. grandkid. I yeah, like, and I your adopt and your grandkid's adopted brother. Okay, was it? He was never supposed to have a bachelor. No, party. like he was really going for business, and it just kind of turned into. I a just party. picked That's, that up. Right? I just picked up on that this watch. Yeah, that it literally he literally was not trying to have a bachelor party. He was actually going to meet this guy in Las Vegas. So they kind of piggybacked off of his pre-existing trip to do this bachelor party and it is a weird group but i can tell you all with 100 percent certainty that i want to go any i would go anywhere with sandy and tate donovan if they wore those sunglasses Absolutely. oh my god yeah especially tate walking around with his shirt yeah. off sandy walking around with his shirt on yeah cool. it's a move i respect okay dylan break this down for me or actually probably chelsea too like chelsea i know you work with like um property management stuff and dylan you are a lawyer so what exactly is happening with the restaurant sale and like what was what was caleb trying to do okay so this is my take on it and it's probably wrong um because my takes usually are but so i think that caleb had this pocket investor that he was going to end up selling the property to without telling uh tate or sandy he was going to pay them off for still quite a bit of money 
um, but not as much money as could have been made if he would have let them in on this deal. Because it sounds to me like what's going to happen is he pays them $2.5 million, they're gone, they're done, they have nothing else to do with it, while he sells the property to this other guy who he's going to meet in Vegas, who turns it into like strip malls or something crazy or invests in it or does something and Caleb becomes a partner either a silent partner or a regular partner in this guy's venture and ends up making much 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 more money over the preceding years um than he would have if he would have like gone into business with uh, Tate and Sandy so is the implication yeah just to to, sim- to simplify it basically he's buying it for them to flip it and he just has a really solid lead for flipping it that um sandy and jimmy weren't privy so i'm to. not like a i'm not a property person or business person really for that matter i don't i don't do sales in my own company but like i feel like that's like a normal business move right mm-hmm. it's not that shady what he's doing right yeah, like the shadiest part is that he's related to Sandy, so it's like I think the only shady. thing that's super shady about it, aside from yeah, him pretty much lying to family, is he didn't lie. He didn't, I don't think he ever lied to him. He just didn't yeah, tell him what he was doing. It's, with it's it. a lie by omission, though. I mean, but I feel like yeah, okay, lawyer. Yeah, I mean there. I mean, probably there would be a case because you could say that was such a quick turnaround, and you weren't planning on changing the property in any way. That if you didn't disclose that, like it, it seems like Sandy and Jimmy would be entitled to their share of the the investment okay. of what the final. I sell think that would Caleb's be. just guilty of being a really good businessman. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm pro Caleb right now. <laughs> Caleb was like Caleb was kind of cool in the in the other episode too, where he was like, "There's nothing you could do, Julia, that's going to make me not want to marry you." And I was like, "Is Caleb being cool too?" He's no, so I, don't, sweet. I don't get it. He he has his moments. Yeah. I like yeah. him. Um, so other funny things about Hard Rock Cafe, I, I'm sorry, I keep saying cafe, the Hard Rock Hotel. Um, first of all, they pull up and that awesome, um, Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys, check to check it out, baby. That's the song of the episode, music moment of the episode. Absolutely. That was right when that song first came out and it was not, it wasn't debuted on the OC. We'll get into season two and you two literally debuted a song on the OC, but that was like the week that this Beastie Boys song came out. So it was a big deal that it was featured on a TV show, much less the OC. And I remember listening to the special features on the DVD box sets and, and Josh Schwartz saying the Beastie Boys called them or like, hey, can I you feature it. like some of our songs? And they were like, what? You want, uh, they were so flattered by it. So it ended up working out really well. Um, another crazy thing that uh, has uh, that goes on to the Hard Rock of uh, Vegas is that that's actually where they host the AVN Awards mm. and convention. Are you guys familiar with this? I am. I know it's the Porn Awards. Yeah, um, so that happens the same week as a something called the Tailgate Expo, where all um, collegiate and you know pro sports licensed vendors go to meet and sell and that sort of thing. Um, and I was really excited about going to see Magic Mike. Um, and I knew the AVN Awards were going on, but I didn't realize it was at that hotel. So I uh, go and I walk in. I'm really excited to see Magic Mike, and which that in itself is kind of a funny thing. But I w- did not expect to walk in. And literally see BB Jones like playing craps and like Mia Khalifa's like posters everywhere. And, and for, that was for the for the uninitiated Vegas people. Just to clarify, you aren't talking about the movie Magic Mike. You're talking about the show that they have at the Hard Rock, right? Oh yeah, the live show. It, I would highly uh, recommend it. It it doesn't feel like skeezy the way that you do at a strip club. It feels like you have just left an insane concert. Like it's very artistic and acrobatic and like it's it's a really cute and well done show. 
Highly okay. recommend. Well, you heard it here. Keeping Up with the Coens supports mm-hmm. uh, the Magic Mike show at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. Exactly. Exactly. We are very pro Magic Mike in this in this business. Um, but anyways, they go. So Ryan and Seth really excited. They get the best penthouse on the um, in the hotel. It has a bowling alley in it. They go down to the pool. Uh, they have a really famous party there called the Rehab Party or something like that. It looks like a beach. There's sand everywhere. There's girls everywhere. They are so pumped. Um, the tour guide kind of shot them down with their fake IDs. So they were kind of trying to shake that off. And basically out of nowhere, this really hot girl just comes up to Seth and starts making out with them. Jen, the English major. I was really excited to see representation of English majors in a teen sitcom. And so you will imagine my disappointment when we find out what she actually was. Because I promise English majors, there are jobs out there for you. <laughs> I promise. Um, but but yeah, so she said that she was a student at um, U- UNLV. UNLV. Which could have been yeah, true. And I mean, in, if you watch The West Wing, you know that sometimes you just got to do something to pay the bills. Um, but yeah, of course, in true OC fashion, not only does she start making out with Seth, but she does it once, you know, just because she has to. And the second time, because he was on the phone with Summer, and you have to do that for purposes of a plot device. So That's a great line. He's making out with someone else on the phone right in front yeah. of me. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a top five Summer line. I mean, so he, he and Summer are a little bit rocky. This girl just comes up and starts making out with him, and he's into it. She finds out that they're underage but want to gamble, and she actually has the hookup. So she takes Ryan to this very, very shady uh, poker game. It kind of reminds me of the game in, like, Rounders or something. The people around him look pretty rough, but they let him play poker. So that's kind of what's occupying Ryan for the rest of the weekend. Well, one of wearing, one's wearing a very important item of clothing, which is the, the trucker hat, by oh. the way. Iconic. Seth has oh. that amazing line where yes. where Ryan calls him angry trucker hat guy, and Seth says maybe he's angry because people don't wear trucker hats anymore. Which I love that line, even though when I was watching this, I was wearing a trucker hat. That's neither here nor there. I know. I think I had a Von Dutch <laughs> one like on my head at the time. Von Dutch. Um. So that's kind of funny. Meanwhile, we want to hop back to Newport. Uh, Julie's getting married, and her fiance is on a um bachelor party so it's only fair that she gets a bachelorette party and she spends the next few hours begging jo- uh kirsten to get her a stripper just one little stripper trying to make his way in the world it's very cute um so kirsten's obviously annoyed but she's like okay i'll find you one and she goes to Haley, the former stripper to try to recruit some boys to come to this party I like how they go to Haley as like the end-all, know-all for all things strippage when I'm pretty sure she was only a stripper for like maybe a couple weeks. You, know, you can meet a lot of strippers when you strip for a couple weeks. I, I, I respect it. Um, so that so we have that going on. So, Jill, so Kirsten's like, okay, fine. I'll put together something small. It'll be a cocktail party. There'll be a few strippers there. And one stripper. Now, this one stripper. One little stripper trying to make his way That's in the right. world. Um, so they do the classic knock on the door, fake out. They're firemen. They're like, did, did we hear, did we hear the siren go off? And everyone's like, no. And he goes, oh, yeah, you know, oh, well, guess what? So they all come in, no. you know, t- take off their clothes. They're, they're on the couch dancing. She goes and- full Riverside. Julie goes full Riverside. Oh, yeah. Like she spent the whole last That's episode right. being like, Cindy, stop. Don't talk about, you know, my past and this and that. Her Def Leppard obsession, her monster truck obsession. Shout and out to Grave Digger. She, she, <laughs> she goes full Riverside and she's not hiding it from anybody. 
she she is dan i mean she is like wedged between two of them on a couch like grinding her hips there is no woman on earth having more fun than julie is at this very moment but you know nothing comes easy and guess what happens Haley happens to be friends with all these strippers duh that's why she invited them and one of them propositions julie i don't understand this he actually propositioned her, right? Like he really wanted to fuck her. Like it wasn't a setup by I, Haley. I, no, right? it was a setup by Haley. I think. I didn't think it was because at the end she goes, "I knew you would. You would never sleep with him." Because oh. like Haley didn't know what she was talking about. Like Julie brought it up and goes, "What? What's the plan? Get me to sleep with your friend so you can go and tell daddy." And like Julie and Haley's like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." Oh. And that's when they get into a fight. Interesting. Okay, I assumed that. Because I, I have in my notes, that was a ridiculously stupid plan. So now that makes sense if it, it was like an earnest, you know. I think that stripper stand. was just trying to fuck Julie. Well. I think, I think he's like, I think he's having a Luke moment. <laughs> well, good for him. Kudos. I'll take it. What, what was his name? Chip? Uh, yes. Yeah, we like we can file him in along with Donnie and oh. AJ and all the other <laughs> lost OC people. At least they'll be safe from fires in the house that we don't know where it is. Chip Chip will fight. Um. So yeah. <laughs> So during all this, let's kind of talk about what Marissa and Teresa and Summer are doing and the big Please. surprise waiting there. So Ryan goes out of town. He's a little bit worried about Teresa and Marissa's being cool Marissa. And she's like, well, why don't you just hang out with us? We'll have a little girl's weekend. I'll take care of her. Yeah. So right. cool. Marissa, like cool head Luke, <laughs> cool head Luke, <laughs> cool head Marissa. Um, so she starts asking Teresa questions about what she wants to do. And she's kind of like, oh, do you want to eat anything? You know, how about burgers or, you know, fried rice or sushi? And Teresa's like, oh, no sushi. No sushi for me. <laughs> and then Marissa's like, okay, well, what a drink? What about a drink? How about a beer or a Coke or blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, no alcohol for me either. Like, Teresa is not trying to hide. <laughs> Marissa this. looks down at her checklist and goes, wait a second. No, I, this was, again, this is in the same vein as Teresa walking in on Ryan and Marissa, like, play fighting in the cake place, and this is in the same vein as Luke barging into the pool house and going, I'm done having sex with Julie. It's just, like, the weirdest way for someone to find out something important. Like, she's like, what are you, she's just, like, flippantly as a joke, it's just like, what are you, pregnant? And Teresa could have played it off, it's like, haha, nah, that's funny. But no, Teresa, like, got this very serious look and they stared her in the face, and she's like, oh shit, you are pregnant? But, like, it's such a bizarre way to find out. She wanted them to know. Like, I found that yeah. to be really annoying. Teresa is just full of bad decisions, full of wet blanketness. Like, ugh, mm -hmm. I just can't stand her. So, anyways, now they have this crisis that Marissa's dealing with. Um, meanwhile, Summer is completely unconcerned about what's going on with them because she just overheard some random girl kissing Seth while she's on the phone with him. Shot Soldier Boy, kiss me through the phone. Oh, man. <laughs> see you later on that's, that's right. funny anyway so summer vanishes we don't hear from her for a while pop back over to luke and ryan and luke and ryan what am i saying oh well, god i wish god i wish frodo that's How the only way to make you. this episode better i'm kind of bummed missed opportunity oh it would be the perfect episode god, luke in vegas luke in vegas would have been incredible. uh ryan and seth are hanging out in their penthouse and up come six other fantastically gorgeous hot girls uh, no, first of all, um, well, I guess you, you want to talk about the summer thing because she comes in before the girls come yeah, in. Yeah, so it's oh, Jen first. okay. Yeah, someone else go through the the uh, series of events. I'm a little foggy. So Ryan wins Ryan wins enough money gambling. Mm -hmm. uh, they go back to the penthouse. Seth and Jen start 
making out basically like she comes on to him strong and i forgot that the twist was that spoiler alert they're prostitutes <laughs> um or she's a prostitute and i forgot that and i was just watching this going fuck like this never happens like this show is so over like dramatized um so she is making out with Seth, and we discover that Summer actually left town to come to Vegas to chase after Seth, just because she knows that he's like with other girls. Again, I don't know what Summer's problem is that she is so involved with this guy that she's willing to fucking drive to Vegas, even though she knows he's making out with other girls. Whatever. It's like five or six hours from Newport. She literally walks into the penthouse um, on them making out, and she's like cool with it as long as he stops and like gets back with her essentially like she has she has words with him and she has some things to say but overall she's just cool with all of this she's cool with him making out with his girl and like not being approved by her dad like she's cool with all of this like i don't understand why she's with him he brings nothing to the table it's a five-hour drive by the way five hours from newport beach to vegas so there and back it's 10 that's dumb. That's fucking stupid. That's like driving a little rock. As as Summer's there, the other girls show up. And I guess the story is that Jen just decided... Jen's a prostitute. And she just decided that she's going to have all her friends come as well. And like be entertainment for the night for the guys mm-hmm. without consulting with the guys oh, no, or the, getting the guys consent and so now suddenly the guys are in debt because they have to pay all these prostitutes oh no so they they did she did have the guys consent because they were like you know whenever they were at the penthouse she was like oh, oh yeah you, she was like i have friends who i have friends come. who'd love to do this and they're like the more the merrier and so then everyone else showed up and um sorry todd is just losing his mind right now he he's He's as worried about the prostitute situation as everyone else is. Well, you know what's really funny is that guy who plays their pimp. First of all, I feel like he is typecast as a pimp. Anytime there's a pimp in a show, it's that guy. I thought it was Tim Heidecker. Except in Friday Night Lights, then he gets to play Herc, who's in like a wheelchair. So good diverse career for him. Shout outs to that. Just like Drake, wheelchair Jimmy. Same wheelchair vibes. Jimmy. Um, so, so now the money that Ryan has made is insufficient because now they apparently have to pay for a day's worth of hookers. So they got to raise insufficient. <laughs> Great, good, good. Insufficient was like that. Really threw me for a loop. Good, good job. <laughs> All the money that he won now has to fucking go to the prostitutes, and now he has to go back and win more money again. So this is a question that I had. So he goes back and he, you know, into the den of of pokerage, and they start playing Pokerson. again. And, but but Jen is still there. And so my question is, is she there like for free just because she's wants, wanting to support them? Or No, she's still on the clock. She, still she, on said the you cl- me, she said she had, she had me till midnight. Okay, okay. So she's still... On the, I was just trying to figure out why she was still there. It's like, guys, you're trying to get money to pay them. But now I understand. <laughs> um, so yeah, it turns out that, that Ryan has been, you know, doing the whole Princess Bride thing where he's like, I forgot I'm actually left-handed or whatever it is. And he's been losing on purpose. He's playing, he's playing possum. Yeah. Oh, he's that made me mad. That does does that really happen in real life? I feel like that is an incredibly risky strategy. I just do not so see that. Something that is not explained, or something that I thought was maybe implied, but also I think I could definitely be wrong about this, is that he wasn't actually losing on purpose. He just told her that so she would give him the money. I don't know. Uh, what's, I don't know what's worse. Yeah, I don't know either. But like one of those, two I would be happen. so mad if someone purposely lost. I mean, I guess. The Do you guys play poker at all? Like, have you? Not really. Okay, I play tournaments whenever I go sometimes. And I've won a couple, not going to lie. And sometimes I do kind of do the, ha ha, play, play a whole lot. And then I'm actually a little bit better than I am. Must be it a good gets, card counter. It's, I, it's not, definitely not counting cards. That's <laughs> never that situation. Um, a bad player is far more of a liability than a good player because 
you they're just too unpredictable you don't really know what they're doing um i don't know i just i wrote on my notes that i just found that little strategy of his to be an incredible stretch i just i have one i have one last question on this mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. ryan how did you spend your bar mitzvah money not on prostitutes ah dang I think on video games, as you would approve of. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's so they he wins some money back. He wins enough money to pay Seth back, and I think to pay Marissa or to pay Marissa back, and but not enough to pay Seth back, which is I guess fine because everyone's rich. Who really cares? Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy finds out. I'm sorry, Tate finds out. I'm sorry about the Marissa blackmail situation, and he he interrupts Sandy interrupting Caleb's dinner. And uh, punches Caleb in the face, which I yeah. really was proud of him for. I stood up off the couch and clapped for that. Yeah. It was a really satisfying moment. That was a satisfying moment. And then I think the other most satisfying moment is when uh, Seth, Ryan, and uh, Summer are walking around the Venetian. And they take that trucker hat, Chekhov's trucker hat, if you will. And <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. Toss it over the bridge. I mean, that little walk in the Venetian is my favorite place in all of Vegas. I always go up to the top and take a picture of the strip. That was a good scene with the three of them. Like, I thought that was a fun scene. Ryan was cool and like fun. He didn't know Teresa was pregnant yet, obviously, but like he was fun Ryan for a minute. And he, I just oh, thought yeah. that was a good scene. It was good that Seth and Summer are officially back together. They just went about it in the worst way possible. But so it's like kind of got a bow on it until the very end of the episode when we finally, they get back and Ryan talks to Marissa and she tells him Teresa's pregnant and it's just like a bomb drop. But she doesn't just say Teresa's pregnant. She says it in the signature Marissa transatlantic a- accent voice. Pregnant. She she says something along the lines of Teresa's pregnant. Like Bogdan. it is <laughs> it is delivered in the Excellent Admiral way. Akbar. Yeah. It's a trap. Like it was like, whoa, okay, this is crazy. Chekhov's pregnancy. Chekhov. Chekhov's baby. It's a trap. Oh my god. Anyway, so that's what gets us into the season one finale, The Ties That Bind, episode number twenty seven which features Sandy Cohen on screen for eight minutes and 52 seconds. Dylan, what else we need to know about the ties of Bind? You got to know a couple things. You got to know this episode originally aired on May the 5th, 2004. 10- Star Wars Day. Yep, day after. Yeah, that's right. Um, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, that, same stuff, kind of. No, not at all. 10.72 million people watched this episode, and it was written by Josh Schwartz. But here's the thing. This episode's pretty intense, so here's what I have to say about it. Go into the chapel, and we're going to get pregnant? That's right. Everyone's favorite teen soap ends its first season in the hottest way possible. On the eve of Julie's conversion into a loaf of Cooper nickel bread, Teresa drops a baby-sized bombshell on Newport and informs Ryan that she's probably pregnant with his child, the presumptive heir to the throne of Chino. Meanwhile, Seth continues to vacillate between kind of okay and completely unhinged. Summer continues being <laughs> way too nice to him. Marissa is forced to live indoors, and Sandy looks fresh to death in a tuxedo. Buckle up, pant loads. It's time to catch one last wave before we say goodbye <laughs> to season one. Pant loads. Pant loads is my, is my word of 2021. And so, guys... I kind of want to deal do this episode differently. I want to talk really, really broad strokes and just talk sure. generally and also kind of treat this as a wrap-up um, for the sure. first season. 
Um, so very generally, we have multiple plot lines going on right here. Uh, it opens up with Seth and Ryan on the pier. Seth's offering baby names on the way to meet Teresa outside, like the nicest Planned Parenthood I have ever seen. Um, but just before we hear the news, like literally Teresa is walking out of the office. Uh, we get a smash cut to the adults, Sandy and Kirsten. They're talking about Caleb. Uh, Sandy is still upset. You know, he was punched in Vegas. I uh, found out there was some, maybe some backsliding going on. Uh, Kirsten is using her feminine wiles to coax him into kindness uh, on the... She bit his ear. Yeah, yeah. on the wedding day. Then Teresa, yeah. Ryan, and Seth, they're like magically transported back into the kitchen. Uh, pre-coitus, thankfully. They skipped school. Yeah, they skipped school to go and do this, which is why yeah. children... Come on. Uh, Teresa's definitely pregnant. They find out it's been confirmed by an MD, a real doctor, not yeah. like Jill Biden. Yeah. I'm kidding. She's a real doctor. Wow. I am kidding. Wow. We're bipartisan. We're bipartisan. We're, bi- That's we're bipartisan, and I'm the conservative. Surprise twist in this, our finale. Um, I did not so- consent to any of this. <laughs> Keeping up with the Coens is also pregnant with the conservative co-host. Yes. Hi. Uh, big Alex Jones fan here. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. All right. So back in Kidland, uh, Marissa is upset with Ryan at school for some reason about him potentially getting Teresa pregnant, even though they were on a break. Um, they can't be sure it's his baby until the baby's born because baby safety. That was a good line, though, where she was like, we were broken up for like a week. And like Ryan's just like fucking other people already. I, I, I respect Marissa for that. I'm pro Marissa. But they right were now. broken yeah, up too. with after. After the Oliver thing. Yeah, that's true. So I'm team no one I because I understand both. I understand yeah. both sides. So they can't uh, do the test until the baby is born. So they won't know if it's Ryan's until the baby is mm-hmm. born. Uh, back at right. So we're back at the Cohen house. Everyone's getting ready for dinner. Ryan goes to check on Teresa, who's still living with the Cohens, kind of living parentheses. Yeah, again, I don't know who's doing what. Um, she tells. I don't know who lives where at this point, other than Marissa still lives outside, as we see at the end of this episode. Yeah, so we get our second big topic of the disc, a disc that already has domestic abuse. Uh, Ryan goes in to check on Teresa, who tells him that she isn't ready for the baby. Um, she's going for the option that's going to anger 50% of the country and the one that rhymes yeah. with shmushmorshin. Um, right. in honor of all of our notes I found out in our group chat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we all said the same thing. Yep. So Seth and Ryan... We all don't Ryan, like to say that out loud. No, wait. So Seth and Ryan are heading down to the dock uh, to pay dock fees. Um, they're reminiscing. They're doing one of my favorite things that Josh Schwartz does a lot, which is repeating the exact same dialogue from earlier episodes. Um, talking about... We're talking about fishing yeah, catch, and cooking right co- off the boat. Catching fish and cooking it right on the boat. Um, mm-hmm. Then they make a strange joke about getting on the boat with their women and leaving a... Pregnant Teresa in California, which, yeah, that's a great idea, guys. Sidebar before I forget about this, because we're talking about weird jokes. There was a weird joke when Seth was talking to Summer about um, her dad, where she was like, get steak because he thinks celery is like feminine. So he just goes, celery's gay. Got it. And I was like, wait, what? That's what happened. What, what, what happened there? Yeah, yeah that, that, is... that was an extreme escalation. <laughs> I feel like that. Could that be why he doesn't like cilantro either? Does he just not like green vegetables? Caleb doesn't like cilantro. Oh, oh, I thought that. Okay, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like cilantro either. So I'm all like I said earlier. I'm always going to like Caleb for that reason and because <laughs> he says things like pant load. Okay, um, oh my so gosh. so I want to get through the Teresa stuff really quickly because speaking of vacillation, uh, she jumps back and forth quite a bit. So she sees Ryan that first time, says so she's not ready for the baby, and then she has a talk with Kirsten. And we find out that Kirsten has also been in a situation where she went with the Schmishmorshan option. I forgot that this was brought up because it comes up a lot in season four, I believe. 
but I forgot it was ever referenced in season one. So that's that's cool that it was planted. The seeds are planted. Yeah, maybe I, I, it's been so long since I've seen season four. I'll probably forget this. But in my head canon, I was trying to figure out if this baby was uh, Tate Donovan's. Yeah, I guess that it yes. was Jimmy's or there was a boyfriend in between Jimmy and Sandy. I am convinced that baby would have take, like united the realms if that baby had been born. Ew, that would have been um, so daytime soapy. Oh yeah, and like the, the baby mm-hmm. comes. That that's the fifth season is the adventures of Luke, who ends up being that baby. <laughs> that's season five. Anyway, oh um, Kirsten, you know, basically talks to Teresa. Teresa does a complete one eighty, and Ryan walks in to the pool house later on in the episode and sees that Teresa is packing. Which I am convinced that ninety five percent of this entire show is people walking in on other people packing. And she informs yeah. him that she is actually going to keep the baby. Ryan has a tough decision to make. Is he going to? He doesn't have a tough decision to make. He literally doesn't have a, to make a decision, but he chooses to make this decision because he has a savior complex, like I said. Yes. Yeah, so he uh, decides that he is going to leave Newport and he drops this on everybody after they have a nice, long, uh, nostalgia-filled walk on the beach where sand eats yeah. sand. Or sand. Seth eats sand. And yeah. uh, it's not, uh, you know. He ruins everything. I really don't like Seth on this watch through. Um, and he tells him he has to leave. And everyone reacts weird in a weird way, except Summer, because Summer's perfect. She's just like, okay, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, emotionally, most emotionally mature of the core four. Um, you know who sure. I'm most frustrated with um, are actually uh, Kirsten and Sandy. And I get that they were in a weird situation. But again, this is the pod mom, you know, tiger mom and me coming out. And I don't understand why a paternity test wasn't discussed. Um, okay, well, they did. They said they they said they couldn't yeah. take the test till the baby was born. Yeah, there was because apparently it's uh, it's dangerous to do a paternity test on an unborn fetus. Well, how come they? Why are they making big life changes before? Exactly. That's kind of one of the big the big points is. I think that, you know, the whole savior complex that Ryan was talking about Ryan having is this whole idea that he doesn't even know if it's his child, but he's still making this monumental decision. You know, I'll raise this baby as if it were my own kind of choice right out of the gate. He's been, he's been making decisions for Teresa as far as Eddie's concerned now, as far as his baby is concerned. Like, I just don't understand why he has to insert himself, not into her, but into the situation. Maybe Teresa didn't want him to go. She looked super uncomfortable when they were driving away, which we'll get to in a second. Do we believe that Teresa, based on what we know about what happens in the future, do we believe that Teresa is like meddling? Do we think she's being shady or do we think she just truly is just confused and acting on instinct and just doing what she thinks is right by telling Ryan to come with her? I think it's the latter. Truly. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it was malicious intent I, or anything like that. Yeah. It's it's hard to fake those kinds of emotions while you're going through it. If she would have done this after the fact, like actually had the baby known, you know, who's who the dad was. Like, I feel like it'd be different. But the fact that she's knee deep in this stuff. Um, right now, I think I think if it was malicious, I wouldn't have to ask the question because it would be obvious that it's malicious. Yeah. You know, it's well, great. <laughs> great writing. It, it, it also seems preposterous to me because she was living with Eddie. He was her fiance. Like there is a way better chance that like that's what's going on instead of Ryan, who she had a one night stand with. Like it only takes know. one time. I don't know. Yeah, but like also they hooked up like a week ago, and like it takes longer than that to like show a pre- positive pregnancy test. I think. Yeah, and there's just a lot of uh, continuity things in here that I had questions about. That does not factor in, though, the absolute magic that is the Mermaid Inn. 
That's it true. actually That's spe- it point. speeds up the gestation. It speeds period. up fertilization. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so they had the whole nice little nostalgic sad scene on the beach, um, pretty much just to set up the fact that Ryan is leaving to go and take care of Teresa to set up the other plot that's going on, which is with Seth. Well, I just want to say, as the, as Teresa and Ryan are leaving, they're leaving the driveway. We get another shot of Marissa standing outside with her stuff. Again, it's just like it's pounding you over the head with the fact that Marissa lives outside. Yeah, it's a full on member berries episode where it's member in the first episode. We did this member. She was standing there member. And then a car picked her up. And so it's, it's all just going right back to the first episode. Um, but Seth is doing something selfless for once. And he is actually in the process of selling the summer breeze um, for, I guess, six racks was but the- again, this makes me <laughs> six racks again. So that's what, uh, that's what Trey owed the guy in prison. Yeah. I forgot. Um, no, but like, again, this is upsetting. I don't want to talk about Seth. We're going to get into Seth because it's infuriating how much he is like in love with Ryan. Yeah. Will do anything for Ryan, but his fucking girlfriend. He just treats her like she's nothing, yeah. and it makes me so mad. Hate it. I hate it. There was like a, there. I was searching for a redeeming quality in him in this episode, and I kind. I almost got to one, but then I didn't. I think him selling the boat or attempting to sell the boat to give the six racks to Ryan and Teresa to help them in their new life together. That's admirable. That's great. Um, then he ends up not doing that though. That doesn't happen. It falls through. Oh, yeah, that's like, but also that's a weird. That's another like, just like weird part of the plot where he's like, I'm going to sell the boat to this handsome, the very handsome boat guy. I know the that boatman. boat guy. He was on Days of Our Lives. I recognized oh, I you, him immediately. Really? I thought you knew him personally. I was going to be like, oh. boat She's guy. Like, he was in Kids Bob commercial with me. Uh-huh. Um, but like, but then he was like, I'm going to sell my boat to this handsome boat guy. And then like the next scene is a handsome boat guy. I was like, just kidding. I can't buy your boat. And like, that's it. That's the end of that story. And it's like, oh. Okay, and then he's like, I guess we'll all get jobs and we'll pull our salary and we'll buy him an apartment. And I was like, Seth, you've put, if you put 10% of this much effort into your relationship with Summer, I would yeah. like you so much more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then him the and end. Marissa yeah. have that fight with each other that I thought was pretty then, Yeah, then he, gets, then he becomes a fucking asshole to Marissa, mm-hmm. who, as we know, I'm now pro-Marissa, at least for a while. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know, maybe I'm only pro-Marissa because I knew she was going to fight with Seth. But, um... <laughs> He's just like he blames everything on her, and like she even had a really good like reaction, like her facial reaction was like all just like almost laughing it off, but like in a frustrated, angry way, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, but like for him to just put it all out there and be like, "All you did was drag him into your messy life," and uh, she was like, "Well, all you did was use him to like meet girls," and I was like, "Fuck yeah, Marissa, yeah. get him!" No, that was I need more of that. I need more Marissa putting Seth in his place. Um, so he hit the sale falls through and he's not able to do that as we know the sale sale um yeah the sale <laughs> sale of the sale and uh he gets really angry really angry at at boat boy for no reason that made me uncomfortable it's like it's not boat boy's again, fault again just like he did with ryan where he's like um you know if it makes you feel any better like no one fucking asked Seth. when the boat boy handsome boat boy can't do it seth just goes that's just how it's been going for me lately and i'm like seth no one asked you just yeah, shut up boy vey calm down bro mm-hmm. seriously so uh it's almost wedding time um oh wait we skipped the rehearsal but i mean nothing really happens at the rehearsal the only thing that happened is was like ryan just got up and like walked away and they immediately left to go to the beach and i was like right at the beginning of dinner they just left and i was like all right i guess they're out I, I, you gotta do what you gotta do the beach is uh yeah. is, is, is amazing so it's wedding day ryan's laying out his clothes which i have not done since high school and apparently i should probably start doing it again um, he's laying out all of his clothes for the wedding sandy comes in and so sandy is being an absolute angel and 
and Ryan is being an absolute moron for not at least saying, that sounds good until we get on our feet. Sandy's pretty much like, why don't you and Teresa stay here with us? Why don't you just like, live here? We can just like figure it out. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's forever. Like, I think Ryan just thinks of things in like absolutes. Like, well, if I stay here, we're going to be here forever. And it's like, no, dude, just stay here until you figure some shit out. Yeah. I, so. So he completely just denies Sandy and, you know, Sandy, uh, they do have a really good moment together. And I do kind of like the full circle moment where Sandy is uh, is talking to him and Ryan says, you know, I'm doing this because I learned this from you. Well, he basically says, like, I don't want the kid to grow up the way that I was before I met. Yeah. You, and, and him saying, you know, y- you would do anything for your family. And that's, yeah. you know, that's what I'm doing. And so I really kind of, you know, that was a really good moment, even though I hate the decision. Well, even in, even in the indoor, very, like whenever he goes in and he says bye to Kirsten and she like tells him like, if I, like, if I learned to cook, would you stay? And he just kind of ignores her. But like, you understood why he wasn't going to say no, because that's shitty. But he also couldn't say yes, because he's made up his decision. Yeah. I was like, that was a really good scene when like she hugged him. I was like, God, I love Kirsten in this episode. Yes. So we get to the wedding. Um, We have very, very odd group of groomsmen and bridesmaids. We have Sandy, Seth, and Ryan are the groomsmen. Uh, Kirsten, Haley, and Marissa are the... I mean, that makes Ryan's sense. Ryan's a groomsman in Caleb's wedding. That's That's really funny. Um, but my favorite thing is that means that the potential for this 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 image is we get we get my two favorite characters or two of my favorite characters that sit together at the wedding we get summer and tate are sitting next to one another at the wedding um so most of the wedding is just a montage of looking at how good sandy cohen looks in a tuxedo they they're out all of their tuxedos were incredible outfit of the episode right it's gotta be oh my gosh i've been talking about those ascots they were wearing oh hell yeah those were incredible did we do do an outfit for the vegas episode Uh, oh yeah well whenever summer kind of busts the party she had cute little pigtails like half up half down and then this funny like cindy has them in the first episode then summer has them in the vegas episode along with like a terry cloth like romper situation oh yeah yeah. and then in this one like all the groomsmen plus caleb are wearing this really old timey um ascot like it kind of looks like they went shopping in like roger stone's closet like i think they might need a top hat (laughs) And like a cane or a monocle to go with it. Uh, it was a good look. Great. And uh, so we have these great shots of what I think is a surprisingly small wedding for the Donald Trump of the West Coast. Uh, but maybe it's more intimate. Jim's uh, cover of Maybe I'm Amazed. Paul McCartney and Wings Jim, song. Jim is there. She's performing. She, they got Jim as the as the wedding entertainer. I was wondering if that was Jim. That is her. And so is that your music? What's your music moment? Uh, well, it's got to be Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh. Too, that, too good. Yeah. This this episode deserves yeah. two. It is a finale. That actually sets up perfectly this last sequence, which I'm calling the Hallelujah sequence. It begins mm-hmm. with Seth being weird and broody. So Summer comes and talks to Seth, and he's a he drives me so insane. Uh-huh. She's just being cool to him, and she's just like, "Yo, you have me." And Seth is like doesn't give a fuck. He is so worked up over Ryan, and it's just. It drives me crazy because Summer is dope and she's hot and all the other adjectives that we used to describe Seth a couple of weeks ago are like, uh, I just, it drives me crazy that he's being such a dick to everybody now. And then for no reason, after negging her on and on and on and on, you know, saying, you know, you'll, she's like, you'll still have me. And he goes, it's not the same. And then she like, yeah. and he goes, tell them I'm going to be a while or something like that. And then she gets up and he leaves. Like dismisses her. Yeah. But then right before she leaves, just to kind of like twist the knife, he'll, he goes, by the way, the boat was named after you. 
and then she just keeps walking through and and you know gets everything uh gets everything done but okay so the last sequence now we're full on in the hallelujah sequence everyone is kind of moving on um or they're setting up what's happening uh for the next season we've already talked about ryan and Teresa leave like a well ryan goes to ryan goes to have another conversation with i can't get over seth he goes to have a conversation with seth and i again want to punch a hole through the wall <laughs> seth is being such a dick with his stupid wired earbuds in his yeah, ear come on bro listening to music this is when the hallelujah like cues up but he just like he's like well i have to go and Seth's like cool man and it's like fuck you Seth. Yeah, it, god he gives he him the map crazy. of tahiti and he goes oh map of tahiti cool like Dude. Yeah, that was and then so, turns his head and like literally dude. turns his head to look the other direction. It's called a callback, Seth. Appreciate it. It shows affection. But yeah, so that's when Ryan leaves with Teresa. Hall- we're, we're in full hallelujah mode at this point. The scene that moved me most was Kirsten um, when she just breaks down and cries yeah. with Sandy. Change, she's changing like, the think, sheets in the pool house yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the moment that really, really moved me. We uh, Oh, Agreed. I forgot to mention that we, we see the return of uh, Ryan's default character skin, his cheek outfit it is back for the finale so they actually i feel like they tried to make even sandy and kirsten look more similar than kirsten's hair was back to like episode one hair yeah. in this during this scene. it was the, the i guess like the wedding theme was uh oc pilot episode and they really did a yeah, good job right. with the aesthetic we, we find out that seth's writing letters to his parents and to summer he leaves them notes and then he they, we just see him sailing he like get, he's sailing away into the sunset he gets on his boat and he just leaves and i'm not a sailor mm. i don't understand this but like i don't feel like a boat that small could really like what do you do at night i don't understand it anyway he well, leaves we, we find out later where he goes yeah. it's not that far but yeah so he leaves he's off marissa is forced to live inside in this new house didn't even mention this but i will just say some of my favorite bits of dialogue in the entire season was the fight between tate donovan um Haley, Haley and julie, and julie. That was just oh, so that, good it was one after that another banter was key i mean they were just sparring with each other um fun fact that house um belongs to the boss Ooh, wait brian boss crazy yeah no it's funny whenever we were talking about this and i saw it was the boss's house i go like L- Lolo Bosworth from um, it's called Laguna Beach or the Hills or whatever. I was really confused. But no, Ryan Bosworth, yeah. But one of the last things that we see is, of course, um, well, not the last thing, but one of the most important things we see uh, to give us an idea of where this next season is going to go is Marissa has picked up the bottle again. She has fallen off the proverbial wagon, and she mm-hmm. is uh, now on the ground beside the wagon back to her heavy drinking days presumably no longer cool marissa because she's going to be drunk again. it's just like marissa's bottle and ryan's bike are like the infi- two of the infinity stones in the oc universe that's right. <laughs> but um that's that's, th- that's the finale that's season oh one guys we did season one holy shit i can't believe it we did it we did well too i feel like we really yeah. nailed that we really killed that shit Man. um yeah congratulations to us we fucking did season one what do you guys do you guys have any like major thoughts about the podcast or season one of the oc um i think when people ask me like what are some of your favorite tv shows uh i consistently say the first season the oc is about as close to flawless as you can get and i know that sounds funny because we've spent the last year kind of making fun of it but um as far as just getting you interested in characters um showing growth through the characters getting you interested in just the community in itself and the parents and the side characters and even you know very tangential characters like taryn for example recur and you know get their character built so i thought that was a cool thing i uh go ahead i was just gonna say that one thing that i feel like is very interesting um and we've we've said this a lot over the course of this season so it's not i'm just like kind of repeating what we've said i guess but like 
I've I love the OC like all the times I complained about the dumb shit that I don't understand that doesn't make sense or the, especially with Seth it's like I don't I love the OC I'm not I my yeah. I don't I'm not doing this podcast just to talk shit I love the OC that's why I do this podcast um, mm-hmm. but it is so different watching this as like someone in their early 30s versus like a teenager because you notice so many and it really yeah. is like you just notice so many different things like so many other things you just makes your head want to explode well and so many things that made sense at the time like Ryan go- going away with Teresa back to Chino that I was like, oh yeah, that's what he had to do. You know, when I watched as a 16 year old that now as someone who like wants to be a mom at some point in the future, I am just like, no, I would never, ever, ever let anyone I had guardianship over do that. Like that is a terrible idea. Watching this in my thirties, but also watching this the way that we're watching it this time around where we're like taking notes and I guess actively watching it. Um, it's mm-hmm. really I feel like it had. It, I was kind of nervous to do this podcast one because I'm aware that I'm Oliver Trask in this in this little threesome, but also because I was afraid that if if I were to hyper analyze it and actually look at it and take notes to discuss it, it would ruin it. But I don't know about you all, but it's actually made me appreciate it even more. Notice some of these callbacks. Notice some of these these seeds that are being planted for later seasons. I mean, it's not. A perfect TV, obviously. I mean, like, this isn't a succession Sopranos kind of thing. But the one thing that I love about this show more than almost any show from this era, and it might just be a time and place kind of thing, but this show is so comforting, especially during a time like right now when we're still kind of in a really squirrely, uncertain mm-hmm. time uh, as, as kind of a country and as a world. It's really nice to have something like this to come back to and something that like we know what's going to happen. We know someone's going to walk in on someone packing up their clothes to leave in the dead of night. We know what's going to happen and we find comfort in it. And I I hope that over these last couple of months, you all have enjoyed listening along as much as we've had watching. And, um, you know, we're going to go on a break, a month long break, but please keep an eye on our socials. Um, because we're going to still be active. We're going to be maybe popping out some bonus content and we might even be, uh, you know, letting you know when the next season's going to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to piggyback off that and just say that like one of the things that I feel like we really, we really need to get into. And one of the things that I, when I was talking about, I don't hate the OC. I really love the OC, but like the, how the character that I feel like I flipped, I flipped on the most is Seth. And I feel like you guys kind of yeah. agree that like, yeah, we, if we do, we need to do a bonus episode in between season one and two that just is all about Seth and how much he sucks. And like how, how much I feel that five years from now, in the same way that like Zach Morris's trash blew up into a big Facebook phenomenon, I feel like Seth Cohen is trash could blow up into a thing like down the road because he kind of is the crimes of Seth Cohen. Uh, the only other thing I want to say is shout out to Kirsten Cohen and her love of a vanilla half calf caramel macchiato on the dry side, which made an appearance That's in the only shower. Fifteen hundred calories per sip. Fifteen hundred <laughs> per sip, which I know is a joke but i was like all right i see you make so coffee human make sure here. to order one in celebration of finishing the first season that's of right. keeping up with the cohen's um all right well i think that's it for us guys um, i've had a lot of fun doing this thank you guys for doing this podcast with me it's been super fun recording with you guys you can still follow us on instagram at cohen's pod c-o-h-e-n-s-p-o-d you can email us cohen's pod at gmail.com com we will have chelsea's gonna keep the instagram going and like i said we definitely will be back for season two so keep an eye out um anything else you guys want to say have a great month yeah it's been great we'll talk to you guys soon bye